Welcome to Hashtag Love Yourself. I'm your host, Jesse Jobson, and I'm going to guide you on your personal journey towards self-love. Hi, my beautiful souls. Welcome back to Hashtag Love Yourself. On today's episode, we're going to talk about attachment. Before I go into that, I did want to thank you for your grace of giving me um, time to make these episodes. I know that normally I was like a week to two weeks out in between each episode, and lately it's been a lot longer. So thank you so much for holding in there with me. Um, I have just been really, truly loving myself more and giving myself the space and the time to heal and to just learn how to live a new life that I'm not used to yet. So, um, and, you know, focusing on my family more. So thank you so much for letting me, um, you know, giving me that grace to um, go long amounts in between without an episode. But um, there is not one moment that this whole journey is not on my mind. Um, and this new um, episode of Attachment is something that's been coming up a lot for me. So I wanted to share that with you. And it really is attached to loving ourselves and being the healthiest version that we can be of ourselves. So let's dive into it. So attachment, what is attachment, right? Well, the definition of attachment is affection, fondness, or sympathy for someone or something, right? Um, But just like anything else, attachment can also be unhealthy depending on what part of the spectrum we place it, right? So if we are being too, like, affectionate, too fond, too sympathetic to someone, right, where does that leave us? Like, where... If we're putting that above ourselves, if we are attached to an outside um, circumstance or um, things turning out a specific way, um, does that mess with our love for ourselves, which is part of loving ourselves is that happiness and that living that joyful life that we've destined to live, that we like decided before we came down here that I'm going to be happy. I'm going to live a joyful life. That's part of loving ourselves. So um, are we letting our attachments to people, places, and things get in the way of that. And like I said, it's been coming up a lot for me just with this new change um, and new way of living for me that I'm not used to. um, I really have to take a look into why I'm feeling certain feelings um, or why um, I'm thinking the way that I'm thinking sometimes in this new life. Like, um, why do you miss that, you know, thing in your life so much? Why do you miss that person so much? Why are you so sad when you're alone? What, what is the reason for that? And really a lot of it has come back to just, we are ingrained within our society. And, you know, I was raised in my childhood to have unhealthy attachment. It's just natural. It happens. Um, especially when you have codependent relationships with your parents. Um, but even if you don't, you can really be Um, attached to not only people, but you can be attached to material things or places. So if you've ever heard of, you know, the person, we've seen movies all over the place where they, um, you know, the parents want to get rid of the house and the kids are just besides themselves and they can't think of a future without that house because they get too unhealthy or unhealthily attached to um, the material item, right? The house. So, um, so, Obviously, attachment in the right amount can be healthy, right? And that's where we want to find ourselves. We want to find ourselves um, being able to be attached to people, places, things, and experiences 
in the right amount, right? We don't want to go off the deep end, but we also don't want to be unattached, right? Because like, what kind of life would that be where you're never being attached to anyone or anything? Um, and you know, that might be lonely and it might be exciting at first, but if you think about it, I think as humans, attachment is natural, right? Um, it's, something that we crave, right? So along with attachment, right, going off of the deep end, um, people tend to say that they don't like change. That's one of the things that they try to attune, like, well, I just don't like change. I'm just a person that doesn't like change. And actually, it's so funny because after doing this research, I was thinking back to myself about my past and how I used to be. And I used to say that all the time, that I am not good with change. I don't like change. But if you think about it, like, let's really think about change for a second, okay? And change is something that we all want on an everyday, every level basis, right? We don't want too much of it. Like, we don't want these quantum leaps, right? Because those are uncomfortable, right? That amount of change, just like any amount of attachment at a deep end, is unhealthy and doesn't feel good and we don't feel safe, right? But... A small amount of change on the regular every day is actually what we desire. Because can you imagine if you didn't have any change in your life, how boring that would be, right? Like Groundhog Day movie. Can you remember how there was like the same day every day? That was so boring. Or even just for little things, like can you imagine if your friend told you the same joke over and over again? How like after a while you'd be like, okay, that's not funny anymore because I already know about it. Um, Or if your partner... Um, just decided that they were going to get you the same gift for every holiday. Like every, every time they were going to get you a gift, they got you the same thing. So we desire as humans, we really do desire change, right? So it's not that we can't change, right? And that we don't want change. It's not even about that, which I think that oftentimes we, when we say like, oh, well, you know, like I don't want to change my whole life, Right yeah, you don't want to do quantum leaps. I don't really think that as humans, we feel comfortable with those. Sometimes we're forced into them, right? But change is something that we desire and change is something that we want. If it was stayed the same all the time, we would not be having fun. We would be bored. We would not like it. Um, so one quote that I really, really love was, um, the only thing that is constant is change, which everybody knows. Um, but I think it's really, it's true. It's like, that's the only thing that is constant. Everything is changing at every single moment. There's nothing that ever stays the same. So our attachment our where, where attachment becomes unhealthy for us is when we find something that we desire that we like, right? Or even just the dream, the aspiration of like actually having it. Not, you don't even have to have it just like the desire of having something, right? And then when we find something we like, or that makes us feel good, we form an attachment to it. And it's it's okay to have attachments. Like I said, that's just natural human stuff, right? Like you you want your children to be attached to you to form healthy bonds, right? You want to be attached to your partner because that's going to help you guys go through hard times and good times, right? Like attachment is important, but when you place it above this is where where it gets sticky. Is when you place it above your love for yourself, okay? And you and your love for yourself is essentially your happiness, right? Because if you are not loving yourself, you're not happy. And if you're not happy, you're not loving yourself, right? They're, they're, it's a main component to each other, right? So 
this is where people end up going wrong. They, they find, okay, let's say, well, for an example, in a relationship, this is a really common attachment, unhealthy attachment that we do all over the world. And we just think it's normal. Okay. So we find a person, we fall in love, right? We have, there are everything. We make a family around them. And then one day that person gets up and either walks out or changes their mind or whatever it is, or they die, right? Like they get in a car and they never come home. You know, they're, they die in a car crash, right? Um, and when life happens that way, right? When life flows to us and then we can't love ourselves within the change, bingo, you have an unhealthy attachment, right? Um, and you have to face that attachment, right? You have to face, I am allowing my thought of what I feel like I don't have anymore or what I think I want and I don't have. I'm putting that as a distraction and pinching myself off from loving myself and being happy right now in this moment, right? Feeling secure, feeling safe, feeling like I have my back no matter what. My soul, my higher self knows what it's doing Regardless of my human mind being able to understand what's actually going on in this little tiny um, tunnel vision moment that I can't see the big picture. I can't see my life purpose. I can't see, you know, who and, you know, where I'm supposed to, you know, be in a month or a year or five years or 10 years. Like, I can't see all that. The only thing that can is our higher selves or God or whatever you want to call, you know, that bigger part of us, right? Um, that's who can see what is best for us at every moment. And and that's where things get sticky for people, right? Um, I've had that like argument with so many people when we talk, you know, have deep, deep talks about stuff where they're like, yeah, but how can you say that something that really horrible, like when something really horrible that is so unwanted, like no one would want that that is meant to be, right? Or that our soul is okay with us going through that and doing that, right? And what I have to say about that is that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that that's where faith comes in, right? That's where knowing that there's a bigger purpose for you, that you have a plan, that you are loved regardless of what you go through or, or what actions you take, right? You're always a lo- lovable. You're always enough. And that's your soul's guidance of like, you're going to go through some stuff, right? You're going to go through life. You can't control life no matter how hard you try to control it. But it's loving yourself in the moments when you can't see the future when you can't see the purpose in something, um, soothing yourself and being kind to yourself when, when everything changes quickly and you weren't ready or you think you weren't ready. You're, you're always ready for anything that happens, right? Because it wouldn't be happening if you weren't right. So for example, I'm going to give you a personal example just cause it's, it's usually helpful for people, um, to hear like a relatable, you know, something that's actually happening to someone to understand their attachment as well. So I'll go through mine. So recently I've been obviously going through a big, big change in my life, bigger than I ever thought. Um, so growing up, I grew up from in a single family home with my mom and my sisters and my mom raised us. Um, and I visited my dad here or there the summers and, 
you know, things like that. But it was my mom. Um, I came from a single family home. And so being raised in that and really desiring um, to have a family that like lived together and grew up together and have um, a masculine and feminine energy, like in one home, that was really, really important to me. And it was really something that I, it was a dream of mine, right? An aspiration and a focus. And um, so I grew up and I didn't settle, you know, I, I scoured the earth to find the perfect dad, someone who I could be married to for the rest of my life. And that was my dream, right? And then I found that person, but it took me a while. And I remember people saying when I was younger, they were like, oh, she's, you know, she's never going to get married. She's an old maid. She'll just be single for the rest of her life. And and then finally, when I did get married in my later 20s, they were like, oh, she, um, she'd probably never have kids, blah, 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 because I already, I met someone with kids, right? And um, so I waited till I was 30, which is, seems really old to a lot of people to have children in our society, right? Um, and I did that methodically because I was trying my best the little control freak in me was trying my best to strangle and hold on to that attachment of that dream that I had of never, ever ending up like my mom, never, ever ending up as a single mom. Now here I am, right? And my, you don't get to choose sometimes, right? Um, you don't get to choose all the details all the way, the whole way in your life. And here I am, 37, two beautiful little boys, and I'm a single mom. I'm in my mom's shoes, right? And it's funny because I realized that when I started this self-love journey, right, I recognized that loving myself was more important than my attachment to that dream, Okay, because that dream was really, really strong for me. It was really, really powerful. It was embedded in so many judgments I had about people, about my father, about the world, about my mom, about like it was attached to so many things. And I was going to be the one in my head, right? I was going to be the one that defied, you know, and, 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 and played true to my judgments of other people, right? I was going to be the one in my family who had one marriage, who with their the father of their kids lived happily ever after for the rest of their lives, and that was it. And and that didn't come true for me, right? And the reason why it didn't is because I had to give up that unhealthy attachment and love myself. And when you love yourself, and when you put yourself in your health and your happiness and your true regard to like what is authentic and important to you deep within who you are on many levels you you can't allow something like an attachment to a person or to an idea or to a dream that you have be in higher regard of your daily happiness and your daily love for who you are and your thrive being like thriving at like a healthy level too right your health right? You can't put it above that. And I think that that's where I I talk to people all day long when I, you know, like when I go out in public and they ask me about like, Oh, you know, so are you married? And I'm like, Oh no, I'm single. And then they they ask me like, you know, usually it's women and Oh my gosh, you know what happened? And I give them the light synopsis. And then they always say, 
I could never do that. Even I know my partner's unhealthy and my partner is really toxic. They say this constantly. I hear this all over the place. They're like, I, I'm not strong enough. I could never leave. I could never leave them. And the thing to that is, is that it's because we are attached, right? We're attached and think that we can't, right? That we're going to, we're never going to find another source of happiness or that we won't be strong enough to go through the change or, but really is that living, right? Are we living if we're not being true to who we are inside, trying to attain health and happiness and joy in, in our daily lives and trying to be, to love ourselves right? Um, primarily before loving everyone else around us. Cause you can't really love anyone else. If you're not loving that person, that's right there at the center, which is you, right? It doesn't work. We think that we're loving and we spin all our wheels and we put a lot of energy out and it feels like love. It's just like this fake, fake animation of love, right? But it doesn't come from that overwhelming source of love for ourselves. So it's not really true, right? When we truly love ourselves, we love other people naturally, right? And we love other people in a healthy way versus an attached way where we prison them and say, you're mine forever. You know, we have, you have no other person that you could ever possibly love but me, right? That's a really, really um, common unhealthy attachment style that we have in our culture is you are mine and you are not allowed to love anybody else as, as I am the highest and, and you should never stray from that. Okay. Well, think of how sad that would be. Right. Um, I remember I used to judge like before I was single, right? I used to judge single moms. I knew a lot of them in my life that were really close to me. And I used to judge them in my mind thinking how sad, like I would like be like, oh my God, how sad is it that they um, have all these relationships all over the place. And then one day I discovered like, oh my gosh, no, it's beautiful. They're actually loving so many different people in this lifetime and how beautiful that is that they get a chance to do that. And not to say that that's for everyone, right? Like, I don't know if I could actually, you know, be that loving on that kind of level, right? Like everybody has their own different flavor, but it's not something to be looked down upon, right? It's beautiful that they're, that they are loving so many people in one lifetime. And I feel like for me in general, I love falling in love with even friends, right? Or even like, um, you know, when you go off to work and you just have really meaningful connections at work and you just fall in love with what you do for a living, you, you fall in love with the people that are around you. You fall in love with the circumstance of, of, you know, the life that you've been given and the way to make money. Like even those things like just are so beautiful to find healthy attachment in, but when it's time to let them go and time to release them, just like that beautiful job that you love, right? When it's time for your coworker to move on or, you know what I'm saying? Or to receive a new boss or things like that. You have to be okay with allowing that attachment to be released, right? And, and know that there will be another source, another beautiful, um, in love experience or attachment that you'll have with someone else and allow life to serve to you the best and the amount of experiences that your soul or your higher self really desired when it set forth to put you into this lifetime, right? I think that we get really, really stuck on like, and really, really rigid on like, oh, 
this is only what I want, but your human mind can't fathom what your soul needs to expand and what your soul desired for this whole entire life, right? There's many, many things that could happen that we are unaware of. And so loving yourself properly is not attaching yourself in an unhealthy way, like attaching yourself enough for, yeah, being cozy in the moment and enjoying things. But when things change and when dynamics change and when people change, allow them to change and give them grace and love, love them. Even if you have to love them from afar, right? That's another thing that I've been talking about with a good friend of mine was, you know, one of her friends just up and dropped her, which was really sad because she needed whatever space she said, but it just felt really jarring to my friend. And my friend was, you know, in pain with it, which is totally natural and makes a complete sense. Right. And, but the thing that kept running through my mind and, and I, you know, said to her, I was that, you know, uh, we have to be okay with people entering and exiting our lives at times, right? Even though we don't want that, right? Um, we have to be okay when it is their time to leave, just like a death, right? We don't have a choice. And and I rather, when someone leaves, I rather um, like wave goodbye and kiss and hug them and, and have like a happy ending versus um, a unhealthy and attachment. So that is like really, really, really important when, um, when, you know, things don't, you know, when relationships end and when relationships separate, it's okay to, um, to want to, to end that in a healthy manner versus, you know, like I used to in the past is like kicking and screaming and being unhealthy. And, um, you know, why, why would you leave me? And like making it a painful experience versus, and that's like, because your unhealthy attachment is getting in the way, right? Thinking that you have to keep them forever instead of, you know, loving them and hugging them and, you know, sending them off, you know, with a, with a smile on your face and and love in your heart and, and hoping in the best in the world, right? That's what, where we want to be. That's like the healthy attachment. Um, Okay, so um, there was a few ways to make sure to develop secure attachment style as an adult because I know that as children we end up, um, you know, we're we're just trying to survive our environment. So a lot of times we create really unhealthy attachment styles and then we just get in the groove and then that's all we know, right? But how do you kind of switch gears as an adult? How do you like make your attachment style more secure so that you're not left broken. You know, if something really big does change in a small amount of time, um, and you're left with that emotional and mental, you know, um, space where it's like, a, feels like a hole, right. That you have to fill up. Okay. So, um, suggestion number one to do is, um, actively love and build a relationship with yourself. And that's, you know, all this self-love stuff that we're talking about and doing, that's um, really important. Um, Knowing yourself deeply and finding what makes you thrive is what's going to um, curb that feeling of, of like, you can't live without what you think you're attached to, right? Because let me tell you, um, people's lives change dramatically all over the world every day right? Sometimes they lose all of their family members in, in, in a car accident. Sometimes their house gets completely destroyed by natural disasters. You know, things happen like that where it's crazy and it just, it's trauma, right? They always live through it, 
right? But it's, it's how we can, um, like, how do you comfort yourself when tra- trauma happens, right? So knowing those things, loving and building that within yourself on a regular basis so that when something big happens, you can survive it, that you can love yourself through it. Two, purging toxic and counterproductive relationships from your life. This is really important. Um, we are constantly battling others for like our base when like, no, when you're constantly, sorry, I said that wrong. When you're constantly battling others for your basic needs and for love in a relationship, first off, know that that's toxic. You should never be striving for someone's attention and affection. Like if they are not giving it to you freely, they're unhealthy within themselves and you need to recognize that that's your unhealthy behavior enabling like the relationship, right? Um, Because someone who loves you in a healthy way will want to be around you, will be excited about you, will will want to give you affection, will want to love you in the way that you need to. That will be something they desire. And that's how you know that it's a healthy relationship. So when, um, when we find ourselves in these unhealthy relationships, right, um, we often, usually we begin to pursue like, um, kind of like a group happiness or like, like our vision of what will make them happy, which is now that becomes your happiness, right? Which is really usually a fake thing, but it's, I mean, I like, it comes from a pure place, right? Like I know for me, like I wanted my family to be happy and I wanted my, my spouse to be happy for many years. So I did so many things to like, I focused a lot of my energy and that, And then it left me without focusing on what really made me happy because I was so focused on their happiness because I thought that that was my happiness, right? Like if they're happy with me, then I'm happy, right? But that's not, that's not what you need to be focusing your energy. So remove those relationships from your life. Ones that are counterproductive to your own happiness um, and the ones that are toxic, the ones that are not um, for you, right? Okay. Um, next is build your self-esteem. So when you have confidence in yourself, you're much more willing to, um, allow life and experiences to kind of flow naturally, right? If, if you are worried and in fear of who you are, or like, don't know who you are, or don't know your strengths, or, um, you're fearful that you're not capable of something, like when something arises, you're not going to be able to, um, to, to handle it, right? You're going to, you're going to be so attached to what you think the outcome should have been and you're not going to get, be able to get past it, right? Um, so expressing your emotions in a healthy way. So when we silence our true needs, right, um, and emotions, it stems from the belief that we're not enough, right? That we're not enough for what we're asking for, right? And this is a really, like, can be a really, really broad topic. It can be, um, you can even go down the path of, like, people not, telling people how they feel because they feel like it'll turn the other person off, right? Well, what is that really doing, right? When you're not expressing what you need to feel safe or what you need to feel okay in the moment, you're not allowing the other person to love you. You're saying, I'm not lovable with this thing that I think, you know, so no, I'm not going to even give them the chance. And that's the thing is like when someone cheats or lies, right? Or when they like keep something secret from someone that's important to the relationship, it's because they feel like that person won't love them if they tell them. And so they're trying to keep this, this facade going, this, this face of like, oh, I'm, 
you know, I, I only love you. I only want you. Well, there's some people out there that want more than just one person. Right. And, and our society has done a really awful job of being okay with the people that don't want just one person, right? Like that's not for everyone and that's okay. Right. But you have to be like you have to love yourself enough to be able to express that to the person that you are telling and promising that you're going to be open with, right? Because um, maybe, maybe, just maybe they might want that too. You don't even know, right? You're just so scared because we, you've been told by society that it's not something that people want. So you're willing to hide that part of yourself. And then maybe like this is another thing too. Like I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole. But I feel like for people like when you're really... Um, just in the flow of like finding yourself and finding like, like allowing life to serve to you what really is like, you know, going to happen, right? Like you're not in control, whether you think you are, your soul is right. But your human form, you can't be in control. And the more we try to control it, the more we resist actual like good things actually being able to occur. Right. Um, and so, so that's the thing is like when you, actually just give someone the availability to like know what you want to try or what you want to do sometimes a lot of the times this is what I see in people when they like give themselves the space and they give the other person that loves them the space to like love them with that like unknowing like I don't know if I want this or not usually what happens is they try it and they're like oh now I know I don't I mm, that wasn't really a thing for me but I'm so glad I tried it to know Right? Like, and that's what I tell my son all the time when he's eating his food. I'm like, like, he always wants to be like, no, I don't like that. I'm like, you don't know. You never tried it before. Just give it a try. And when he tries it, sometimes he's like, yeah, I don't like it. I'm like, see, now you know. Now you know you don't like it, so you don't need to try it again. But if you never tried it, you wouldn't know. Right? So um, I think feel like that's like a little rabbit hole off of this subject. But it really is about expressing your emotions, right? When you're not expressing the truth of what you want and what you desire or like, like allowing yourself that space. It's not loving the other person that you're, that you're with and it's not allowing, um, or the people in your life, right? Any relationship, friendships, children, spouses, partners, whatever, right? It's not allowing them to love you either. So it's because you're not loving yourself, right? So express those emotions, express what you want, express what you want and desire and what makes you feel good and like what you want from them and you know, all those things, right? Okay, next one, five, lean on support of loved ones. So your loved ones can often see some like unhealthy things happening before usually like it even happens, right? Um, and it's funny because like sometimes when you're up close to a problem, like it's like so in your face, it's really hard to see it, but like everybody else is like further away from it. So it's easier to see like how things are playing out, if that makes sense for a lot of people. And I know that some people, especially younger people are super stubborn to that. They're like, no, like, you know, I mean, and there's unhealthy relationships within your life. So some people are going to like make it seem like they know before you ultimately you will know. Right. But most people, before you break up with someone, before you have the divorce, they all could see it. It was already, it was written on the wall, right? Like they could see it because they're not so up close to what's going on. They're not having those deep emotions with it. Um, so, so like lean on some loved ones, right? If you have healthy loved ones in your life, lean on their support and their love. Um, and not only will they give you insight, but just even that communication 
um, will often like even just you talking things out with another person will often bring you like really good awareness and insight to like how you really feel, right? Like if you never had that conversation with your loved one, you might not really understand the depth of what you really feel about stuff, right? Um, number seven, do things that push you outside of your cover zones. And I think that this is really important with the attachment styles to think about doing small things on the regular that like make you a little bit nervous or like just, it's just not something that you're super comfortable with. Cause if you're doing things that are super comfortable all the time, when change, when life happens and change that you can't control happens, you, it's harder to navigate like being out of your comfort zone. So doing little things here or there, you know, that's a really healthy practice. Um, uh, you know, who does this and was like, it was a really cool like experience to hear about. Uh, Will Smith was talking one time, this was several years back, and he was talking about how one of his new things is to do all this stuff that scares the crap out of him, right? That he's so fearful of. Like he started doing like bungee jumping and skydiving and like he even did like the, that um, uh, show with, um, it was like a documentary and he like went to like volcanoes and like it just he did things that were like scary for him right and you could tell like you could see his fear in certain moments of the the documentary but I remember him saying in an interview one time that he decided at a certain age like I'm just gonna face all my fears because like when you meet that like fear like face on right like like when you're jumping out of the plane to skydive he goes, something weird happens. He goes, and it's like, there's like this energy that happens where you're like, all my fears, like I faced it and it didn't like, I didn't die. I didn't like all the worst things that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. So he's like, that's how you, he's like, that's one of his recipes to like living life fully was like to face those fears, to do things that scare the shit out of you. So, you know, I can do that. Like, you know, it gives you a confidence. It gives you um, and it gives you like the know-how to like handle those emotions because you're purposely like purposely going into something that you know you're going to feel uncomfortable about and you're purposely learning how to navigate through it. Does that make sense? Instead of something being thrown at you that you're not like like purposely going towards, it's like just coming in your face and then you have to figure it out. Those are two different brain and mindsets, right? So that's why it's healthy to do those things on a, on a small scale, right? On a regular basis. Um Number eight, spend time doing things that you love. So when you find your passions in life and things that light you up and you do more of them, like I said, it's easier to understand that our happiness is just not in one thing, right? And and that's where I think our unhealthy attachments really are at at a large level, at like a mass level for most people, right? Is that we believe, right? And I remember this one girl who wrote a book about coming back to yourself. Like we build our home around other people. So like, you know, she's using it as like a analogy, like, but you wrap yourself up into other people. So you find a person and you make them your, your husband or your wife. So your spouse, right. And you build your whole entire life around them. So you're making your home within someone else. And then when they walk away and they, or they die, or they decide that you're not good enough anymore for them, then all of a sudden you're left with no home and you're broken and you feel lost. But that's the thing is like, stop building like yourself into just one section, one area, right? 
be multitude. And I think that young mothers can really learn from that because you, when you're a young mom, right, you have a baby and it feels like you're everything. And it is right. Like for a moment in time, like that is your world. Right. But you need to be you too. You can't forget who you are and you need to be, um, a person, not just a mom, right? Because that makes you a better mom. When you are the fullest of you, you can parent your child better. You can love your child better. You can be a better example, right? You being the best you is what's best for that child. And so that's the thing is put what you love, put yourself into all that you love. And that way when change happens, if it's an experience, a person, a thing, whatever, whatever it is that you know, it's not there anymore or life changes direction that you have many things and that you're okay. And that's really important. And it's really healthy part of loving yourself. So I'm going to leave you with, um, a really, um, you know, I think it's really eye opening quote. Um, that's really, really popular, um, from the Buddha. The Buddha says that the root of suffering is attachment. And from a lot of spiritual leaders out there in the world, they all say that, is that when we're attached to material items, you know, houses, cars, clothes, money, things, right? Uh, or even people, relationships, circumstance, right? Having the money in the bank, right? When we're too attached to that, then we make this life about those things versus understanding the truth of our happiness in every moment or our love in every moment or thriving in every moment, right? So, um, so yeah, so I hope that you enjoyed this information about attachment. I hope that um, if, if attachment is something that you struggle with, like I did, um, that this these suggestions really help you, um, and make you think next time, you know, when, when you're feeling like lost, when you're feeling like, like you can't live without the thing that you think that you, (laughs) that you need to live with, um, that you, you can just be truly loving yourself in that moment and recognize that life's going to happen, whether you want it to or not. And, and just find a way to love yourself through whatever you're in. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day and don't forget, love yourself. Bye.